Welcome everyone to the Row by Row Garden Show, the best dead gum garden show on the radio and the internet as well. Mama Hoss, we got lettuce. Lettuce. Got lettuce. It's about the only thing we got. No, we got some collards and kale, but man. Yeah. So this is some Coastal Star Romaine you started in the greenhouse, actually put it in the ground about a month ago. Mm -hmm. Doing excellent. And this is... Salad Bowl Red. I picked it earlier this morning. It's a little wilted. Yeah. Now that one also comes in the green, which is two of my favorite lettuces, the salad bowl green and the red. And it got down to 29 last night. Yep. So handles our cold weather. Wow. Yep. It's a good all around lettuce. So wintertime showed up. It did. It's mm. cold. All over the country, the wintertime is here. It's been blistering the last few days here in the south. The wind has been tearing the us wind. up. And, and I know y'all folks up north really want to feel sorry for us having to deal with this <laughs> cold weather, but we're just not set up for it. We don't have many jackets. We got just a handful of jackets because we don't use them much. But man, we've had to pull them out the last few days. The gloves, the hats. Gloves, hats. You think we're freezing to death <laughs> the way we, uh, I get a scarf. I got a man scarf. I pulled it out. I get to wear it twice a year. So uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it's the cold weather's here, which you know the old timers say, it's good to have a cold winter because it kills those insects. Kills man. those bugs. Yep, so we're looking forward to that. Great show tonight. We're going to be talking about small-scale gardening. And we're doing a couple things unique this year. Sheila's going to be talking about her raised bed garden. And she's going to be talking about what she's going to do. And maybe that'll give you some inclination of what you can do with your raised beds. And I'm going to be putting in a specific size garden, a small garden, for people that are beginning gardener or for people to just be limited to small space. We're going to go into some real details on this right here, so make sure you stay tuned. And actually some girls in the office are going to plant it and it's going to be their garden and their uh, new whoa, gardeners. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No? Under, under direct supervision <laughs> of Greg. Yeah. yeah. I'm not turning them loose out no, there. But no, but you're going to teach them. I'm going to teach them okay. and I'm going to take them. I don't have enough faith in them to just turn them loose. Out okay. Yeah. yeah, we're going to work with them. Speaking of that, what? last week a couple people got upset with me. About? Because I said oh, something, I kind of said something that may have come off as a little bit mm -hmm. of a, a little bit tough when I yeah. we was talking about containers and I said, I bet you won't do that again. Mm -hmm. So we had a couple people comment, really got they upset. They didn't like about, that. They didn't like that. I just want to, I, I want to, I want to say this right here. If you knew us, you would understand how that was supposed to be funny because I can promise you she pays no attention to what I tell her whatsoever. <laughs> and she can do, and she does whatever she wants to. She buys. Now, that doesn't say I don't complain yeah. sometimes, but she pays absolutely no attention. Sometimes I listen, sometimes I don't. But she, uh, it was, it didn't, I didn't mean to come across that way as I was telling her what she had to do because that's not the way it operates around here. Yep. She, she does what she wants to, believe you me. So anyhow, Ben's, we got past that part. Past that. The Three Rivers Challenge. Let me tell you what's going on. We've done well. Haven't been to the grocery store. Um, even had some people over for dinner. We went through that well. I did get my freezer cleaned out. If you follow me on TikTok, you can see how bad my freezer looked. I had a berry explosion in there about a year ago. And it stayed there for years. So I was glad to see that getting cleaned up. <laughs> getting ready for chopping bits. Yep. Yeah. I still don't have a whole lot of room, but it's very organized. Mm -hmm. Don't you feel better? I do. I, I do. mean, just think about... Every time I open that lid, I'm like, ugh, 
This is so bad. You know, I'm the same way with my garden shed. I got out there a couple weeks ago and got my garden, or one of my garden sheds, really cleaned out. I took everything out and I organized it well. I felt so much better about it. Mm -hmm. I got a couple more I need to do that also, but I just felt like I felt like I'd accomplished something other, and I thought to myself, I'm not going to let it get back in the shape it was in again. Now, we know that's uh, <laughs> a good goal to have, but uh, how I get things so unorganized is beyond me. Because you don't put it up. But it's looking better. It's, yeah. look, it's organized now, and I have a feeling that I've accomplished something when I go up there and everything's nice and neat and put mm -hmm. up. So. Okay. Anyway, it's a good thing to do in the winter months when you can't do nothing else. Yeah. What kind of new seeds we got? Well, glad you asked. Let's see here. First one we're going to go over. Let me see here. We got some, I'm telling you, we've got, I looked at the numbers yesterday. We've got about 50 new seeds on its way, new varieties coming in that I'm all super excited about. We got some unique stuff coming. So in the next few weeks, pay attention to our, we're gonna be showing them on our show every week. Flip that around right there. And we got some very unique stuff coming in that uh, we've been able to source. We have hooked up with a couple breeders up north, small farm breeders that have introduced some tomato varieties that's outstanding. Mm -hmm. And we're excited to get those in. But we'll, we'll touch on that later. First, we wanna talk about what we have in right now which is yellow butternut seedless watermelon. Now this yellow butternut is a seedless and it's known for its ex exceptional flavor and sweet flesh. It produces a pretty much a what we call a mid-sized watermelon, 14 to 16 pounds. And it's a, it's a seedless, so we have to give you a pollinator. The pollinator that we have changed that we're giving with these seedless watermelons this year is the sangria variety. And the reason, reason we changed up uh, the sangria has real good disease resistance. So what good is it for you to have a seedless watermelon that has good seed, I mean, disease resistance and your pollinator died mm -hmm. before it got there to do its work. So we've changed up, we're using a sangria. So when you order any of the seedless watermelons, you will automatically give, be given another pack of sangria watermelons and that is your pollinator. And you will plant that one to three. Every three hills, of seedless watermelons you plant, you will plant one plant of the pollinator. But when you plant it in the greenhouse, you can keep them separated? Keep them separated out, and that way you can do your ratio three to one. Three, three to, to one. one. Three okay. to one. And you know what? The sangria is an exceptional watermelon to eat also. It's a seeded variety, but not only are you going to use it as a pollinator, but it's also going to make a watermelon that you can harvest and eat. It is a seeded variety there. Okay. Back to the yellow buttercup. You know, it has, uh, it's an oval-shaped watermelon. It has the dark green stripes on a light green background. Of course, it's good yields and produces on a binding plant. It's about 90 days from transplanting on the day's maturity, and uh, we're excited about that. It's a good yellow one. I grew the yellow doll last year. This is real similar to that. Maybe a little bit bigger watermelon, but it's that bright. Are you going to grow this this year? I think so. It's that bright yellow. Have you ever citrus. grown any seedless? I don't believe I have. I don't, and the next, that leads me into the next one, okay. which is a Captivation. Captivation is also a seedless watermelon. Uh, you get 30 of these seeds in a seed pack there, and there again, you get the sangria pollinator as a bundle comes with it. Captivation is a sweet, medium-sized red fruit that has exceptional crunch. 
without being too fibrous. This variety produces a, also a medium-sized watermelon, large oval-shaped fruit that has excellent disease resistance, which is important with watermelons. And when it's paired with that sangria watermelon, you get the best of both worlds there. A 14 to 17 pound watermelon, it's ideal for growing um, here in the south. I, I wouldn't grow it up north. We got another one coming in from north, but any of you guys in the middle of the United States down, I think this is a great one right here. Sangria, it's, it's that nice red one. Mm -hmm. Now there, I'm torn. Which do I want to grow, the, sand, the uh, captivation or Can the yellow? Can you not buttercup? grow them at the same time? No, no I'm not going to grow but one variety. So I'm, I'm torn on that. Torn. Yep. Burpless Supreme Cucumbers, our next one. Yep, we got y'all a Burpless Supreme, a cucumber in. It's one of the mildest cucumbers on the market. It's got thin skin, and it and they do that for this thing, this long word that they got that I'm not going to try to pronounce here, <laughs> that causes people to burp when they eat cucumbers. This variety does not have that compound in there, so therefore, you all are to have those issues. I'm not one of them. I can eat cucumbers all day long. But if you have that, that issue that causes you to burp and it's not settled well with you, this is one you and want to And this is good for pickling, too. Yeah. It's good for sliced and pickling. It's a top-notch uh, pickling cucumber when harvested small. 55 days to maturity. So there you have it, you folks that are that need that burpless cucumber. Okay. Next one is Brainiac. That's the new force right here. Brainiac Solution Mix, which some of y'all call Coxcomb if you've been around as long as I have. This is a good cut flower right here. It's an heirloom variety and it features these brilliant colors that we've become accustomed to with these Solosias. Now this one comes in a very interesting shape and size that, that resembles the brain. The brain. Uh, it's Hence Brainiac. Yeah, it's a heat lover just like all the Solosias are. It does well during summer months. And it's an excellent candidate for cut flowers if you wanted to uh, move it into your rotation. So after your spring garden is gone, it's starting to get hot. This is an excellent to put back in there during that hot summertime. You know what? The leaves on these are edible as well. Never tried that. We're going to have to try that this year. And the small flowers. I've never tried that either. Yeah, it's a good, unique variety that we've added on. Another Celosia. We love Celosias around here. All right, so let's dig in to our main segment, and we're gonna talk about small space gardening. We're building a master plan for you guys on the small scale. Now, Sheila, you wanna go first? Talk about your raised beds? Yeah. Cause this is small scale gardening right here. Okay. So this is a rough layout of my raised beds. So I have a four by 24 in the back, and then I have six four by eights. And then in the middle of it, I have a fish pond that I actually use that water to irrigate my plants. And any of the kids that come over, look here, if we have <laughs> any kids come over, the first thing we'll do is go to the fish pond. Yeah, they love to feed. I have some koi and some goldfish in there. Mm -hmm. And I've had that since 1998. So I got some big fish in there. Um, so in this back bed, in 2021, I had zinnias, I had winter squash, and now I have strawberries. And those strawberries, I let one get away from me. It's a big old strawberry. Mm. Um, in the, here I have, I have a trellis in this one, and I have a hollyhock that um, has been there for several years, and I just 
companion plant with it in there. I, I do not mess with it. But I had cucumbers, I had some onions, and now I have English peas. In this bed here, I had, I can't see, summer squash. Well, no, you're opposite. No, right? this is on okay. this side. Excuse me. Summer squash, sunflowers, and I currently have broccoli that I need to clean up. And this one, I had summer squash and peppers. Then over on the right, oops, I did get them messed up. I thought you did. <laughs> so this is actually on the back side here. We're working yeah. just the opposite. So this side is this side okay. back here. Okay, all right. Um, so what I'm gonna plant next year, let's just go ahead and get to that. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna plant beans up here in the top. I'm gonna try some more cucumbers here on my trellis. In this bed, I have some phlox that has been there probably 10 years, and I'm gonna plant some Brainiac Celosia over there. Last year, I had zinnias up here, so I'm gonna move my zinnias to my two front beds. And last year, I planted the California Benary Giant mix. This year, I'm gonna do strips of colors make it pop there when you first mm -hmm. walk in the garden. And then I'm gonna put peppers over here and then sunflowers in the back. And I have a fence around two sides of this and I also plant sunflowers all around the perimeter. And then over here on the left side, I have my root pouches, which I currently have spinach, beets, garlic, and some snapdragons and so, and some bunching onions. So in those root pouches is where I'll have my tomatoes that I can grow in containers and some more peppers. Mm -hmm. Just give everybody an idea how big this is because we are talking about small scale gardening. This back bed here is four feet wide by 24. If you're thinking about putting in a raised bed, you definitely want to stay with the four foot width there because that's ideal. So this is four by 24 and all these others right here are four by eights. Mm -hmm. So we're not talking about a huge amount of area here. And these two in the very back are only, what, a foot high? Mm -hmm. And then these four here are two foot high? Yep. So, so we've got like different stages, step, steps up. Not a lot of area, but the fact that she can plant consecutively all during the year there, she can grow a lot of stuff here. And this is right outside of our kitchen. So we, we tend to love to have lettuces out here mm -hmm. and our peppers because we can run out and get a couple of banana peppers, habanero peppers, or whatever when we're cooking. It's just right outside the door there. So over the years, we have found out onions, peppers. Garlic. Garlic and, uh, and lettuces work really mm -hmm. good as being right next to the kitchen. We seem to use it a lot more. Okay. You want to talk about what they need to think about? Yeah, so some things you need to think about, if you're putting uh, the next garden we're talking, well also with a raised bed garden, but the next garden that we're gonna be talking about, or putting in a garden in general, you wanna talk about good soil. If you've got a place on your property that's got different types of soil, you wanna go with the one that's got the best soil, of course. That would probably trump a lot of things as far as my where I was gonna put my garden at, I would look at my soil profile, and where I had the best is where I would try to put it. Plenty of sunshine. I've seen people over and over again try to put a garden underneath a big oak tree. Doesn't work, don't do that. Water source, make sure you got a water source to speak it close by so that you don't have to pull that garden hose and get all tangled up because you're gonna be out 
to garden a lot, I mean to water a lot better when you have that water close by. Pollination, if you don't have a lot of natural pollinators, or even if you do, make sure you incorporate some pollinator attractors into your garden and possibly a fence. Mm -hmm. If not a fence, some type of border that sets your boundaries for that particular garden. Now, I have an issue with rabbits eating some cold crops on my cabbage for certain times of year, so I had to put a little fence around one of my gardens. But my other gardens, I don't have a fence around. But I, also, I always like to use something for my borders, you know, to set up my boundaries. And you can use flowers. You can use flowers, but just make sure you use something there. And I think you'll find in the end you'll like that a lot better mm -hmm. because if you don't, it kind of gets away from you. Uh, one thing on your varieties, when you go to choose your varieties on these small scale gardens, if you can, choose more compact varieties than you would normally do. You want to pay attention to that. And also you want to grow vertically as much as you can. And we have some things that you can do that with. You can do that with cucumbers. If you decide to grow gourds, you can also do it with gourds as well. Companion planting. Mm -hmm. You want to make sure you do some companion planting. You've done some of that Yeah, before. I've got some onions in with my English peas. Um, a lot of times I'll plant marigolds in with um, some of my, in the root pouches, mm -hmm. in with my tomatoes. You I know, I have that. to say, you do a lot more companion planting than I do. Mm -hmm. And I guess it lends itself to your raised beds. Yeah. Uh, succession planting, and you're really good at that, too. Yeah. You know. I usually get... Trying to think where the okra was. I had garlic, I had onions, I had sunflowers, I had okra, and now I have lettuce. Yeah. Keep something going there. Those raised beds are easy to clean out. You just mm -hmm. keep everything popping in there. And of course, crop rotation. Now, this is kind of a tough one in this small scale garden. Explain how you try to do it with your raised beds. Well, I keep a notebook of what's in there, and it just I just kind of rotate clockwise every mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. Kind of move everything around. Mm -hmm. uh, it can be problematic to do that, especially if you're doing in-ground. You know, the world's not perfect. You want to do the best you can. But if you can't rotate exactly like you should on a three-year rotation or whatever, just do the best yeah, you can. Yeah, with the bed that I have the trellis in, it's kind of hard. Because mm -hmm. I'm going to plant cucumbers back in that bed. But I've had three other crops in between. Right. All right, so let's talk about what I'm doing up there in our garden. The girls have convinced me to do this experimental garden. Now this is a 20 by 20 garden, which I laid out earlier today. Oh, you did? And I can tell you a 20 by 20 spot is not very big. If anybody needs the numbers, your diagonal number here, because I always got to get everything square, but your diagonal number from point A Point B here is 28 feet and three inches. Okay, let me hold it. Yep. So we broke this thing up in quadrants, and we're doing this for people, like I said earlier, that you know, maybe you don't have a lot of area, or maybe you don't have a lot of time to garden. And this 20 by 20 is a great way for you to start and get started gardening, and it keeps you from overextending yourself. Now, some things here is going to be coming off, and we're going to be uh, continue planting some things in that area here. So we're just going with the general guideline here and I'll show you what I'm going to do. Let's start with quadrant one there. Quadrant one there will be planted sometime in springtime because see I got my tomatoes and we're doing our cucumbers and our pole beans, both of those vertically because we're limited on space. 
And we're also having our squash and zucchini. So we're planting in Quadrant Run squash, zucchini, because we don't need a lot of squash, tomatoes, and with cucumbers and pole beans. Then we move to Quadrant Two, and we're doing okra, beets, peppers, and eggplants. Now those beets will come out a lot quicker than the peppers and eggplants with, and the okra will probably hang around longer than that. So this garden is going to look different come midsummer. I mean, we got still got our same quadrants and all that, but it's going to look different. What well, we still probably have our okra growing, but we've replaced it with other things. Mm -hmm. Quadrant three down here. Garlic, radishes, potatoes, and bunch of onions. I'm probably not going to be able to do garlic uh, there. I'm probably going to replace that with something else, but I'm definitely going to do the radishes. Our potatoes will be planted there and bunch of onions down at the bottom. One thing we did is we laid this off. We looked at things that we thought we would use in our cooking and as eating, with things that we would enjoy doing, and we also X'd out those things that did not lend itself well to small space gardening. And those would be corn, gourds, and your melons. Those just do not do well in this type of garden situation. We don't have enough room for them. And we feel like we're better off to get more bang in the bucks, planting some of these other types of plants. And then in quadrant four there, we're going to do our herbs because everybody loves herbs. I'm not sure yet if I'm going to do that in ground or if I'm going to do that in these big root pouches. I may end up doing them in root pouches. Now laying this out earlier today, I realized that if I put a fence around this right here, it would limit me more than without a fence. If I don't put a fence around there, then I have access all the way through here because walkways, I'm gonna have to really limit myself on walkways here because walkways takes up that valuable space growing. So if I leave all this out, then I have access to getting here and walkways are not as important. Although I am gonna set posts on all four corners so I can keep my boundaries there. So you just kind of have to do what works for you there on that. I think this is what's going to work for us. And we're going to be doing a lot of content later on in the year showing this 20 by 20 garden. Success or failure? Oh, no, it's going to be success. But I got to keep direct supervision of them girls. That's my mm -hmm. problem. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, as we talked about all that right there, we had, we if you're on our email list, we had an email go out about a week ago, ah, a little longer than that, wasn't mm -hmm. it? A couple weeks ago. And we shot this plan out there and we got a little feedback. And we want to address some of that feedback that some of you people out there uh, shot us some questions okay. on. Okay. Question one. Didn't you tell us to move things around each year to avoid replanting veggies in the same place? Would it have been easier to group all the nightshades together and the cucurbits together to make this easier? Hmm. Would grouping them encourage them to have a pest party? Mrs. B. Yeah, I don't think pest is going to be an issue because we're dealing with such a small space here. Bugs are going to be able to migrate within that 20 to 20 area fine. So moving them, grouping them according to pest on the issue. She brings up a good point. You could put all your nightshades together and as where's their thing at? Think about it this way right here. Just like what you talked about, rotate your quadrants every year. So you can move your quadrants down, just like you do when you raise beds, which is a great idea there. Then you would still have a little bit of problem if you did according to this plan. So if you did that, your tomatoes would be down here where your potatoes are. So you would be planting, now you, we're going to be planting, we, if you notice, we changed the way our rows, uh, the orientation of our rows. So if this is there, 
then we're planting our tomatoes here. We got a small area there that we're running into where it was the same family was planted, but the world's not perfect, as I said. Now with the um, herbs, I don't rotate those. They kind of some of those stay in the same place. Is that important, or does it matter? Well, you know, sometimes you could you could leave, if, especially if you live in a areas that they make it over the winter. You could leave it mm -hmm. there. So you may want to take quadrant one, two, and three and rotate that and leave quadrant mm -hmm. four alone. I mean, the, the thing about this is you can do this to make work for you. You may have a different situation than we do. They live in a colder climate that these herbs won't make it and you have to replant every year. But you can move those around like that and that's a great idea. And if you wanted to group your United States together, nothing wrong with that. If you don't, then it's not a huge deal either. Rotation is going to be something you have to work with there and it's not going to be perfect for you. Miss B also asked, if some plants seem to demand in-ground planting and other plants are okay with pots and raised beds, wouldn't it be more practical to grow all in-ground loving plants in this 20 by 20 bed and save the herbs, radishes for pots that could sit on the deck? Absolutely, you could do that. Now, some people's got decks and some people don't. We don't have decks, so we don't have an area to put these uh, raised beds on a deck. But you could, if you got room, you could definitely move them out here. But what I'm working with here, I'm trying to work in this in this mindset that I only got a 20 by 20 area to work with. I'm in this suburban area here, and I got a small yard, small space. I'm trying to make it work. That's the reason I incorporate in here. There again, change this around to make it work for you. If you got a little extra room and you want to put you some root pouches outside of this for some of that, heck yeah, no problem whatsoever. But breaking it up into four quadrants and rotation like that right there, it's a great idea. And the last question was, is it important to plant north, south, east, or west? I have, I'm 57 years old and I've been reading gardening books since I was in my late teens. And I've always heard and seen the planting in the different north, west, south, whatever. I, it didn't make any difference to us. I've never seen where it had any effect whatsoever. You plant in an area that's got full sun, for the life of me, I don't understand the north-south thing. I don't. It doesn't make any difference to us. Now, if you live up north, it may make some difference to you. If you do, comment below and let us know. Here in the south, I've never known the orientation of your garden being planted in north, west, whatever, make a difference. Anybody want to prove me wrong, mm -hmm. give me a shout out there. All right. Potatoes, mm -hmm. mm. so we're having a little bit of issue getting potatoes in here, and I don't want you, I mentioned this other night on our live. We did a live last Sunday night. We're gonna be doing more of those. Uh, we're having some, some problems getting the potatoes in here. We still anticipate having them in by the first of the month and getting them out to all you guys in town. They've been under some pretty tough snowstorms up and north. And another one's coming. Another one's coming, so we're having trouble getting, the potatoes come out of Minnesota, so we're having trouble getting the potatoes out of Minnesota shipped down here. There is a trucking shortage as well. We're having issues. And I'll tell you all this again, just like I said last night. Don't worry about your potatoes. I'm doing enough worrying about the potatoes for me and you both. Mm -hmm. So let me take care of that. And as soon as we get them in, we'll get them shipped to you. We're doing, I can promise you we're doing the best we can there with that. We so, will get them out as we soon as get we them get them. Um, corny joke. Yep. What do you call a baby potato? A baby potato. A mini potato, a baby potato. Tater tot. <laughs> <laughs> that was sent in by 
Lewis, Lewis Peters. Peters. Yeah, we'll get you one. some in the mail, Lewis. Yeah, that's Thank good. you for Tater that. Tot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's one of the best ones we've had there. <laughs> yeah. uh, go check out our Hoss University on our website. We're adding to it constantly there. We've got a lot of growing, good growing guys here. We're going to be backing up with some blogs from time to time. So if you don't see your answer on the uh, growing guide, we're going to be shooting out some blogs, maybe answer some of those particular questions that you may have. I think this about. may be a blog, too. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. That'll be good. Yep. All right, folks. Glad you joined us. Stay warm. Stay inside. It's a perfect time to stay in there and plant your garden after this particular year. Figure out what you want to plant where, what varieties you want to plant. So thank you for joining us. Now it's time for you to get out there and get dirty. Mm -hmm.